If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I have Annie here. Annie, thanks for being on the show again. You're welcome. Annie generously comes on the show to talk through with me questions that listeners have written in. Um, And today we have a question from feeling out of control in Albuquerque. Okay. It says, my daughter was diagnosed about four years ago, and I feel like I'm doing a lot better with diabetes overall. She manages it well, and we have a good relationship in general and can talk really openly and well about diabetes. The problem is that sometimes when things go wonky with diabetes, I find that I get really out of control. Like the other day, she had this massive pump failure. We're still not quite sure what happened, but Tandem had to send us a new pump and we had to go back on shots. I was so angry and upset. I was absolutely beside myself. How do I prevent this from happening to me? Help. I don't want to feel like diabetes can take me over like this. Signed, feeling out of control in in Albuquerque. So I'm really feeling for this mom, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's so hard. And what I'm seeing here is that her daughter was diagnosed a little while ago, right? So she knows the ropes. She's out of that first year blurry eyed feeling of like trying to figure out what everything is. Her daughter was diagnosed four years ago. So she feels like she's got it. You know, diabetes is riding a little more sidecar. That's the way I like to talk about it but she still has these outbursts. What she doesn't talk about is what those outbursts look like, right? So if it's just an internal feeling of anger or if it's getting to a behavioral thing, if it's it's big behaviorally as well. So we should think about both of those things. But what I see here is that she needs to make actually more room for the feelings, Um, right? Because there's some way that she's not expecting this to happen to feel angry when there's a big pump failure. Of course, she feels angry when there's a big pump failure, mm-hmm. right? So we need more room for those feelings, ironically, rather than less. And I would say my guess is because she's trying so hard to make this not happen. Mm-hmm. Right? And we'll think again about the behavior piece. She probably isn't getting the level of support and connection around the problems that she deserves. Right. So I think these are the places where we get tricked into believing that because we're more seasoned, that Mm -hmm. the problems go away, but the problems don't really go away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We still have a lot of feelings. And in fact, in all of my courses, I start with a discussion about what the feelings are, because even, you know, super seasoned parents, I've had parents in my courses, kids diagnosed 12 years, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I still think there are a lot of feelings that come up and we need to keep making room for that. So I'll pause and see what you think about that. Well, I've definitely been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's easy to be. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I think what you're saying makes total sense. Just Mm -hmm. that if you're, if you're feeling like you should never have this feeling, then it just makes it even more hard to relax and let it pass. Yeah. 
exactly. That's a nice way of saying it, right? Like emotions I think of as like waves, right? In the ocean. And it, in, you know what it's like if you fight the wave badly, you can get pretty tromped, right? You can get thrown into the sand, but if you know how to make your way through it, um, you can get to the other side more easily. Mm -hmm. And it takes mm -hmm. some skill, right? Some mm -hmm. people are more ocean skilled than others, but it's the same with emotion, right? So when the feelings come to notice, to give permission, like, of course, I feel angry. This is infuriating when diabetes gets to totally derail you thinking about like something hitting you sideways, right? Like it just, it, like you get T-boned and, mm -hmm. um, and you're not expecting it. And, and that is normal with diabetes, right? That's just normal. That can just happen. And nobody's at fault. It's just diabetes throws this yucky thing at you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like the, it's, I had, I was running a group once for adults and, uh, one person in the group called it the diabetes terrorist, which mm -hmm. I thought was really mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to shift to talk about this difference between her potential behavior. I mean, she's not saying what her behavior is versus just feelings, right? So she's saying it feels bad, but she's indicating that she, she kind of doesn't really even recognize herself. She said, I was so angry and upset. I was absolutely beside myself. Yeah. So um, we have to separate our behavior from our feelings, right? Because our responsibility, all of us in society is to behave as best we can, right? Despite what we feel, despite mm -hmm. that we're hungry, despite that we're angry, despite that we're dysregulated, right? We still have to behave in certain ways. And what I want to separate out here is the shame of the behavior, right? Because having a little bit of shame about behavior is not necessarily a bad thing. It helps us. That's adaptive shame, right? It helps us. It's, or it's feeling guilty, right? I'm guilty about what I did, mm -hmm. right? And it helps us get back in line to appropriate behavior. Like if she's yelling at people, at her daughter, at whomever, because of a pump failure, that's not okay. Right. So if, if you're saying uh, have some acceptance and normalize the anger, that's different than totally going off on your daughter. And, um, and then being like, well, I was angry. Uh, you know, that's just to be expected. Um, is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's not okay to totally go off on certainly not on your daughter. It's not her fault. The pump failed, but on anyone else, sometimes when we're upset about something, we like kick the, we kick it down. Like this is where you hear about people like kicking their pet or something <laughs> horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's because they just are so angry. They don't know what to do with it. That's not okay. And, and that's where it's even more important to validate to yourself, like, of course I have these feelings and where can I put them appropriately, mm -hmm. right? So I don't want the shame to be about having the feeling because as soon as there's a sense of like, I shouldn't feel this way, then that's where it can really come into the behaviors. Having children can be hard on a relationship but adding type one really turns up the volume on the stress. We all wanna connect well with our parenting partners, but with diabetes in the mix, there can be extra resentment, tension, or conflict. Join me for a free online workshop on Wednesday, May 17th, that will give you tools and perspective to help you decode your negative relationship cycle and get more positively connected again, even in the face of T1D. Register and get more information at www.diabetessweettalk.courses.
Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me just ask you another question then. So there, so part of what you're saying is if we normalize and understand and have some compassion for ourselves about the anger and the upset, that that helps. And I guess I'm wondering, like, are there other things that you recommend parents do in addition to that? Um, that can help move through that way, like you're describing? Absolutely. Good question. Yes. So the other things are really about, some of it's a personal list, right? Like I can't tell you that what helps you is going for a walk. I don't know what helps you particularly, but it is helpful to sit down and make a list of things that are Mm -hmm. soothing, that are calming, And when you get into that state, you kind of have to notice in your body what it feels like, like what, what are the signals you have of anger? Often it's heat, right? Mm -hmm. So if you feel a sense of heat or you feel a sense of like, I actually, when I'd get really angry, could feel like my blood pressure go up. I never took my blood pressure, but I, I was pretty sure it was, it was so heightened. Like I felt like, um, stretched, like a stretched balloon. Mm. So when you have that feeling, how do you pay attention to that? How do you pay attention to it even before you feel all the way like a stretched balloon, right? So what do you do? Do you take a walk? Do you read a book? Do you listen to something? Do you, you know, what do you do? Do you take a bath? I mean, some of those things are longer than other things. The other you thing- listen to your podcast. Right, you could listen to a podcast, <laughs> my podcast too, thank you. Um, although maybe talking about diabetes when you're angry about diabetes isn't helpful, but maybe it is, right? So the, the other piece- that I think is really important here is getting connection, right? So having a friend to call and say, this is so terrible. I can't stand this. Um, And having someone who's understanding, a friend, a family member, your spouse, um, somebody safe who's outside of where the conflict zone is, right? If if you're feeling like you're going to yell at your daughter, don't talk to her about it. Um, But I think connection is a super important piece here. I love that idea of kind of making the list because it kind of just that exercise, I think is, is helpful, but it also kind of gives, it just makes things more intentional and kind of when you're that upset being like, I don't know what will help me mm-hmm. versus kind of, okay, I made a list. And I, even if you don't, you don't have to have the list with you, but having made it, you're going to kind of have in mind, okay, let me try this. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. Let me try this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's actually another thing I do in uh, one of my groups is have a have uh, participants make a list because I do think when we're dysregulated, we need to know what we can turn to. Mm-hmm. And it can be small. It can be like going outside and smelling the flowers, petting your dog. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And it could be a big thing, depending mm-hmm. on how you I, feel. I read something the other day about that cry- crying um, is mm-hmm. one of the things that just helps you like let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that could be on your list. If you're feeling that upset and you feel like crying, go right ahead, right? Grab your tissues. And I think crying with somebody better, but you feel like crying alone and it will help release those strong feelings by all means. And then what about the parenting aspect of it in terms of like how much of the emotion or the, these tasks, these um, things on your list or crying or whatever, are you kind of letting your kids see the role model for them versus kind of protecting them from so that they feel like you kind of have it together? It depends what we're talking about exactly. I think letting your kids see you taking care of yourself when you're upset is excellent role modeling. 
right? Because we want them to do the same thing. We don't want them raging. We want them to know that if I go for a walk or call my friend or listen to music or make myself a nice lunch or whatever it is that that is soothing, that's excellent. And you can put language around it. You can say, I'm feeling so angry at diabetes for derailing us like this. I think that's totally fine. The daughter is probably feeling like that too. Um, and it, she didn't name the age of her kids. So obviously you just have to scale that language depending on the age. Um, mm -hmm. Or like sometimes diabetes gets so frustrating that I'm going to go take a walk around the block right now. You're not frustrating, but diabetes is so hard when the pump fails like that, right? If for a littler kid. Um, mm -hmm. I think absolutely. If the behavior it gets out of control, if um, there, what needs to happen there, that is not something we want our children to see. Um, and sometimes we have ruptures in the behavior that we want. And so we go in and we make a repair. So if the behavior is angry at the daughter, I hope not, but if it is, absolutely you go in to make an apology and say, I was not okay there. I am so sorry. That was not okay for me to do. And what was it like for you? Um, and if the anger comes out at other people, right? And you modeled that to the kid to just mm -hmm. say something like, you know, sometimes I think I get too big when I feel so frustrated. And, I, you know, I think that's enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think there has to be an apology. I just think and acknowledge. Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Super helpful. Thanks so much, Annie, for coming on to the show. You're so welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.